0: Welcome, everyone, to Greencast. This is a podcast that brings practicality to being sustainable. Presented to you by the Waukesha County Green Team, your hosts are
1: myself, Alec Lapoydevin,
0: and me, Laura Lopes. Hello and welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining Greencast. We are tackling carbon again in this episode. If you'll remember, a couple of weeks ago, we talked to Melissa Vernon about carbon neutrality and carbon efforts in businesses and today we're going to talk a little bit more close to home with somebody I recently met who has managed to make his home zero carbon for very reduced cost at that. So it was really interesting to hear this conversation after the conversation with Melissa and figuring out how someone was able to do this personally and the tips and tricks that he figured out and how you would be able to make your own home zero carbon. So a little bit about Steve first. So Steve Slavens is a retired chemical engineer and regulatory affairs certified professional. He was a process engineer at 3M whose responsibilities included divisional waste and energy reduction program management. As the manufacturing manager for a major commodity, he led a waste reduction effort that took waste from 72 to 2.5% of raw material input. It was a 65% reduction. As an environmental advocate, Steve was a founding member of the Clean Power Coalition of Southeastern Wisconsin, which was recently successful in getting we Energies to commit to close its Oak Creek coal-fired power plant by 2024, And replace the electricity with new solar, wind, and battery storage investments. He is a member of numerous environmental and wildlife organizations, including the Waukesha County Green Team, Sierra Club, Environmental Defense Fund, the National Audubon Society, and the International Crane Foundation. So I hope you enjoy this conversation about how to decrease your own carbon footprint. Welcome, Steve. Good morning. Thanks for joining me today. I'm really excited to learn more about how to reduce my home carbon. We had an episode a couple of months ago about how to reduce carbon in your business. We had Melissa Vernon on with Natural Capital Partners, and she talked about carbon credits and figuring out how to reduce business carbon. So I'm super interested in how this applies to everybody's homes. So let's start off with a little background here. How did you get involved in sustainability, Steve?
1: Well, in my uh, professional career, I was a process engineer at 3M, and uh, for a while, one of my responsibilities was uh, organizing the divisional waste reduction program. That was one of the key things that uh, 3M was doing starting back in the 70s even. And uh, then I became uh, the manager of a major commodity, and in a two-year period, we reduced the uh, the product waste from 7.2% to 2.5% of inputs, a 65% uh, decrease that same methodology or, or thinking process carried over into home recycling. Uh, and then once the uh, the U.S. moved out of the Paris Climate Accord, I said, I've got to do something to make a difference.
0: Mm. That's really exciting that you were able to reduce waste that much. I'm a side note. I'm dealing with a zero waste project at work, and it's a lot of work to reduce the waste of a pro, um, of a product, especially if the process is so set in stone, especially with 3M. So. That's that's pretty cool. I might ask you later about how you did that. Okay. <laughs> um, what were your favorite kinds of sustainability projects to get involved with?
1: Well, being a, an engineer and having a lot of experience as a manager, I like to do something that's very tangible and measurable. So as you'll see, uh, I'm, I'm really about using the various sources I have of my footprint and trying to reduce them uh, project by project.
0: Nice. So I also heard that you were involved in getting the Oak Creek power plant shut down here in Wisconsin. What was your role in that?
1: Yeah, well, that was kind of cool. Um, as we know, as the U.S. was moving out of the climate accord, uh, there were various people trying to figure out what to do. And I was a member of Sierra Club at the time. And there were about 12 or 15 of us uh, who got together to try to form something to take down the coal plants over there in, uh, in Oak Creek. Uh, so, uh, I signed up for the, uh, the data team as an engineer, you know, it makes a lot of sense. And, uh, we, uh, started analyzing the wind directions and we found out that the particulates measurements they were doing as part of their climate co- or their, I'm sorry, their, their pollution control, uh, were from the wrong direction. Oh, <laughs> their wow. engineers hadn't done a good job of that. So, uh, we analyzed it, put it in and ultimately they put in a new sensor uh, back to the place that they'd originally been measuring it, which was a more appropriate.
0: How did that compel them to shut the plant down?
1: Well, that was just the start of it. Uh, that was kind of our warning shot to uh, the energies that uh, people were watching them. Uh, but there was a uh, about seven, three, five committees that were working uh, on various things. And what really worked was a lot of the publicity and uh, letters to the editor kind of uh, things to get the the, uh, the community uh, engaged. Ultimately, uh, 15 other uh, convening organizations were involved throughout uh, uh, southwestern, uh or, excuse me, southeastern uh, Wisconsin, and 16 additional supporting member organizations got involved. So it became a rather uh, massive organization.
0: Oh, nice. So it was more of an organizational effort um, and community effort.
1: Right, right. A lot of, of publicity. They actually formed a group then that was uh, – not just Sierra Club, it reflected that others were involved, and they called it the Clean Power Coalition of Southwestern Wisconsin.
0: Wow, that's super cool. How long did that take?
1: About four years
0: four years, that's it.
1: That's right. I was shocked uh, I was when I first started going uh to the meetings, I said, boy, I would be, would be lucky within five years if we got them to convert to natural gas, but they got them to commit to the whole nine yards.
0: Wow, with that kind of success, are you planning to shut down any other power plants? <laughs>
1: sure, why not? Well, <laughs> <yeah. Nice. laughs> uh, one of their subsidiaries uh, is uh, has is WPS, I believe, and they are out of Madison. They just announced uh, last month that they're going to shut down.
0: Wow. Okay, that's exciting. I didn't realize that was going so fast.
1: Well, and you know, in the last two years. Uh, the, there have been three major plants that are, have been forecasted for shutdown or uh, planned for shutdown by the companies because of economics. It's uneconomical mm-hmm. to do coal. And uh, that represents half of the current capacity of Wisconsin coal plants. So it's happening extremely rapidly in our state.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. And that came up in my episode with Melissa, where renewable energy is actually cheaper to start and run, than coal is now. I think we've we passed the threshold in 2020, so we're on the right path where it's definitely cheaper to be doing renewable. Absolutely. Yeah. So how did how did it feel to shut down a power plant? I mean, I feel <laughs> like that's kind of a, a big win in your belt.
1: Well, it doesn't mind. I had a small part of a of a major effort, but you know, it's kind of a David and Goliath story. Uh, And when I heard the announcement, uh, I like to celebrate things with songs or musicals, and the (laughs) old Sinatra song, High Hopes, came to mind. And ultimately, the punchline of it is, oops, there goes a billion kilowatt dam, after this little billy goat is punching at the dam for years.
0: Yeah, that sounds pretty accurate. That's awesome. I love Frank Sinatra, but I've never heard that song, so I'll have to look that up now. It's pretty cute. What is the building used for now? Do you know?
1: Well, the building is still there. The commitment is to shut down the uh, Oak Creek plant. Now there are two plants there: the Oak Creek and uh, Elm Grove. Oak Mm -hmm. Creek was built in 1960 or so, so it's very old technology and obviously very inefficient as a result. Uh, They won't be knocking it down for three to four years. Their commitment was that one of the towers is going or that will go inactive in uh, 23, and the other one by 24.
0: Okay, so it'll come down eventually.
1: Yeah, so those are the, the stacks that you see as you go on 94 south towards Chicago. But it's a beautiful site there. There's a park right next to it. And that land will be great, uh, great valuable land for some other use, whether it goes to parks or planned developments or, or wind farm, who knows yet.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, that's exciting. Okay, so our main topic today is zero carbon home. So um, we met recently through the Green Team, and you mentioned that your home right now is completely zero carbon. And so I want to talk about how you got there and um, why you got there. So let's let's start with um, what are your main carbon sources and how did you figure that out?
1: Sure. To figure that out, I went to uh, various uh, carbon footprint calculators, and I like the, the EPA one. Uh, and basically it comes down to in my mind four things there's the uh, electricity i use the natural gas we use there's the gasoline for our cars and then other more what i would call lifestyle waste disposal uh, air travel that we may do the goods that we produ- uh, consume uh, the food we eat those are more difficult to to uh, measure so as i say i focused on those three and we came up with uh, 24 tons of carbon dioxide emission that we average per year, and I calculated that by using our our re energies bill and uh, then our uh, car mileage and uh, and the the total uh, miles on the cars, and made it an annual then. And the, the website or the, the the Excel spreadsheet that uh, EPA has does that conversion for you. It calculates oh. what the CO2 is. Nice.
0: Okay, so you don't really to know all the conversions, you're able to just put in your electricity bills and like the amount of food you have and things like that. And it'll, it'll tell you what your footprint is.
1: Yep. That's right. Makes it rather easy.
0: Okay. Well, that's a lot easier than we were learning about for the business side. <laughs> it sounded really complicated.
1: Well, um, so- yeah. I, I made the the assumption though, that I'll handle the the other things, the lifestyle ones later on. And that's another up for us as a family. But uh, the first part was very easy to uh, to organize.
0: Yes, that is a great point. And also something that came up with the business episode. So um, we were talking about the different scopes of emissions. You've got scope one, scope two, and scope three. And it sounds like your scope one is like the natural gas and the car and things that create um, carbon directly. A uh, scope two is your electricity and scope three is everything else. So you're just focused on scope one and scope two right now. And then you'll be able to focus on all of the extra, you know, lifestyle stuff later. And that makes perfect sense. Um, I mean, especially if you're just starting out and you don't, you don't want to be overwhelmed with all this carbon footprint stuff, just focusing on the two that you have the most control over and have the most data for just makes sense and makes it easy.
1: Right. I mean, I've gone through checklists for years, uh, you know, the things that you could do to tighten up, but those are all incremental. By taking this mm-hmm. other approach, uh, I looked at, you know, what can really make a difference. There's an old saying in the quality control industry that I was in a long time. Credo analysis. 80% of the impact is from 20% of the things.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a great point, is focusing yeah, focusing on where you can have the most impact right now. All right. So after you found out, what did you say? 24 tons a year?
1: Yes, twenty four tons.
0: Okay, so you have this number. So then what is the strategy for reducing that?
1: Well, the EPA calculator helps you a little bit because then it, it asks you to say, okay, are you willing to do this? Uh, are you willing to go to uh, solar or, or wind energy? And I said, hmm, that may be one I can do if I can act like the big companies do. Can I get uh, uh, renewable energy certificates? Uh, mm-hmm. Secondly, then uh, looking at uh, on natural gas, And it becomes things like, okay, can I substitute the things that I use uh, natural gas for with something else? Well, at the moment, I determined that I'm not ready to make the investment. It would take, for example, to put in, you know, hydrothermal, (laughs) you know, heat pumps to redo my house. It's not that efficient these days. And to really do it well in our uh, climate, you'd have to uh, go in ground to be your thermal source rather than the air to air. And then on cars, of course, electric cars, uh, and I wasn't ready to go to electric car, but I did discover a car that I want, and it'll go a long uh, way, so I'll queue that up for when I do my car replacement.
0: Are you looking for an electric car?
1: I've already chosen it. It's the uh, the RAV4 hybrid, so it's a plug-in hybrid, and rather than the 28 miles per gallon I currently get, that will take me to a rated of 90 miles per gallon.
0: <gasps> what? RAV4 is 90 miles per gallon?
1: On the RAV4 hybrid, something that just came out last uh, summer.
0: Oh my gosh, that's incredible. I had no idea that they were going that way. I, I have a plug-in Prius, so it's like a normal hybrid Prius, but it also has a plug-in port for like sure. a tiny bit of battery. And I'm only getting like 51 miles per gallon. Ninety is insane.
1: That's that's the claim. Uh the the range is forty two miles on the battery alone.
0: <gasps> oh my gosh, that's okay. That's so cool. <laughs> I'm so glad that the car industry is like is moving in that direction. Just overall, like just sure. a regular Rav four is turning to hybrid plug-in. That's really cool. Sure. Okay. Digression aside, <laughs> so um, you're not able to go the full renewable energy route. You're not able to um, you know, buy a new car at this point. So um, how did you do it then? Because normally you se- you see that those are kind of the main ways to get to carbon neutral.
1: Sure. And, and so it's really is by certified offsets or the renewable energy certificates. So I don't physically have the, the capability at home. I'm not you know investing in that right now, but I can get the the social benefit equivalent to the reduction in carbon
0: mm-hmm. okay, so you're you're working on um, the recs specifically. Correct. Where do you get those?
1: So uh, I'm getting it from uh, Arcadia Energy. It's a company out there that is uh, does two things. they will do community solar in certain parts where they have a high concentration of of uh, potential customers. But the other part of it is renewable energy certificates. And they pair up with like 250 different utilities throughout the United States where they direct the bill that you would otherwise pay to your utility. In this case, WE Energies, it goes to them uh, for you to pay it by a credit card. Uh, They then top that off with uh, appropriate renewable energy certificates. Now, in their case, their program started out by giving you 50% for free when you signed up. I don't like free getting half of my electricity uh, as renewable. They then had a a fee-based system where you could top it off. Well, WeEnergy's program actually was, was more affordable, so that's what I did for a while. But as of the first of this year, they gave an unlimited plan where you just pay $5 a month and all of your electricity is a renewable energy certificate
0: what wait Arcadia's doing this that's correct five dollars a month and they'll they'll correct. offset your entire energy bill
1: correct well your your entire oh. electricity bill
0: yes yes electricity bill right Wow okay that's incredible do you know how they're financing this like how is it possible?
1: well that's crazy as we know uh the cost of renewable energy is coming down. We energy, as it turns out, is one of the higher uh, fees in the in the United States for their mm. standard uh, electricity. I'm from the Pacific Northwest, and you know that's Bonneville Power and uh, you know, hydro in, in that region is extremely cheap. You have to be a utility to buy it from Bonneville, but still, you know, you could go outside uh, Sierra Club did this uh, analysis. It would be Seventy-five million dollars less per year if we energies just shut down their power plants and bought the excess coal-based energy uh, from the grid in the Upper Midwest.
0: Wow, millions less per year.
1: Seventy-five million.
0: That's crazy. That's crazy that they're hanging on for so long. If that's the truth.
1: Well, I mean that's one of the things that I when they there was a uh, a discussion. <clears throat> excuse me <laughs> that uh, the uh, Clean Power Coalition had with uh, the senior execs at Edgewater uh, Energies, and that point was brought home. About six months later, they uh, made the decision or announced their decision to uh, start discontinuing their poorest plants.
0: Mm, okay, all right. So they're 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 taking the decision to heart. They're uh, they're working on it.
1: Right. So some people want to beat them up because they're not going faster. I, <laughs> having been on the industry side of it for quite a while. I say, hey, I'm glad they're making the move what they did because they got their passion. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it is impressive that they're still like moving forward. That is good. Got to count our wins, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right. So for this, the recs that you're buying, renewable energy credits with Arcadia, let's talk a little bit more about the cost of it. So you said it's five dollars a month. So how are you paying for that?
1: Well, so 60 bucks a year, you know, that fit the budget for for doing any of this. And for most people, that would be a very affordable budget. But the interesting thing to note is you pay it through a credit card. Aha! Many people Mm -hmm. have credit cards that give them a cash back. Very common to get, you know, one or one and a half or even 2% cash back. And that's applied against your entire energy bill. So your natural gas payment also goes toward that 2%. So depending upon how much your your bill is, you know, a large part of it's covered. For the let's take my example, we have uh, two hundred thirty three dollars is our per month is our uh, budget pay plan with We Energies. If I get two percent cash back, that's four dollars and sixty six cents a month. Oh, 34 cents difference. Wow! But here's the kicker: I have a credit card that gives me five percent back for utilities. So you multiply that times our figure, and we get almost seven dollars a month back net. We get, in a sense, we get our our uh, renewable energy for free, and on the electricity, and then we get seven dollars to play with every month, no cost to me.
0: Wow, that's a great way to beat the system. There, <laughs> using <Yes>. those <best> credit <laughs> cards for a good reason.
1: It is shocking.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. I I never would have thought of that. Like I I have got the the cash back on some of mine, but using it super strategically like that in order to get essentially free carbon neutral home is a really interesting way to go about that.
1: Right. So then you asked, how did you get the entire house that way? Well, I tell you what, I got free money. You know, I said feed it forward, and feeding it forward was then to uh, buy. Again, a certified uh, a carbon offset. I want to get a certified carbon offset with that free money. And so I looked around. First year, what I did is we were members of National Arbor Foundation. And so we spent that uh, seven bucks a month on planting trees. Now, beauty is if you give it to a certified nonprofit, you can potentially deduct it on your income tax. So that's how I got to a net zero So, there's a calculation uh, again of of how much carbon offset a tree it nominally is. And uh, that got us down to no cost for us to go uh, completely uh, uh, net zero for our uh, energy use for free.
0: Right. Okay. That is a great point. Again, you're working the system with your taxes. (laughs) So, you're able to use, I know the EPA has um, a greenhouse gas calculator that I've used a lot so you can see how much like how many trees it it uses essentially to like offset a certain amount of carbon that you put into the calculator um, I can share that link with our listeners as well so you're able to go in there figure out how many trees you need to plant and then if you give that money to a nonprofit to plant those trees then that's also a um, tax deduction because it's a donation. That's right. Wow. Okay. This is fascinating. I love your system. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, yeah. So, okay. So you're carbon neutral right now. Do you have any other plans in the future other than, uh, your car to like reduce that or what other streams are you working on adding in the next couple of yep. years?
1: Great, great point. So, uh, you know, our house is 13 years old, and one of the things they say is, yeah, it's about time to replace the, uh, the water heater. Okay, well, is there a better alternative? So on-demand is one possibility. Our house is big enough that I'm not sure if that's going to work that well, uh, but that is one possibility, particularly for a smaller house. Uh, it all depends upon you know what the uh, the size of your house is really in this part of the world because we have such a, a delta in temperature uh, from the water that comes out of the ground that amount uh, you've got to heat it up for uh, for youth for uh, bathing and uh, and dishwasher et etc but uh, the other alternative then is hybrid uh, water heater where it's uh, it's a same tank but it's a it's a high efficiency form of electrical heat. Uh, but again, so we talk about electric cars, and I'm talking about electricity as a way to go from natural gas uh, into electricity um, or into a, a re- renewable uh, energy. Uh, and all vectors, you know, that I see are, are really reliant on on electricity in order to uh, do my um, direct replacement. Now there are still the offsets as a way to go part of that. Uh, And that's the other one I'm taking another look at, because planting the tree, when the calculator looks at it, it looks like the entire lifetime of the tree. Well, that might be 50 to 150 years. But as a seedling, it's not doing much as an offset. So there's a time delay. To have more immediate impact on the environment, it needs to be something more urgent. So that's the other thing I'm researching in the coming year. That said, to kind of recap on the capital investments then, I'm planning replacement cycles. I'm making a leap to a, a a very low footprint alternative. That's one part. Of it. Then, secondly, on those offsets that I'm using to have them be a more immediate and more um, more direct offset.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. Both in electrification, in looking at when you need to replace things, looking to electrify because it's easier to use you know renewable energy in a zero carbon way to get energy through electricity than any other form. but also your point of waiting until you need to replace things. It doesn't make any sense from a sustainability perspective if you say okay I want to be I want to be zero carbon And so you go around and you just replace everything in your house to be more efficient. And while that would reduce your your carbon of your house, um, you still have all of that stuff now that you're creating waste with. So I really like your strategy of, you know, as things die or as things need to be replaced, then you look for the alternative. Um, That's a lot. It's a much more sustainable option than just replacing everything all at once.
1: Well, here's the other interesting thing. So, for example, if my hot water heater goes out this year, you know, I'd be actually doing better than normal. Uh, If I when I replace that, I would have to spend about the same amount replacing it with the same old uh, natural gas heater but I would be going to a, a different alternative, which will be cheaper. Now I'm getting very positive about that. Again, using the idea of feed forward. Now that allows me to do other things that have impact. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you have any other tips and tricks for how people do this or how to look for renewable energy credits or carbon credits?
1: There is one other uh company that in preparation for this, I, I checked on, and it may work um, more for someone who's uh, in an apartment or has a very low usage, and that's Terrapath. Uh They have a uh, system where you, you can buy uh, one megawatt offset for five bucks. Uh, you can buy it as needed, or you can subscribe. If you subscribe, you get a 10% reduction. Uh, you pay for it with credit card, uh, so the cost will come down a little bit cheaper than the, uh, than the Arcadia. But the neat thing again about Arcadia, if you're moving everything toward electricity, you just pay that one $5 hour fee. That gets now gets your, your, uh, your electric car charged for only that five bucks extra. Uh, it takes care of the water heater shifting from natural gas over. So I, I think it has a, has a great impact.
0: And uh, we also want to make sure that the credits that we are looking for and getting are the third party certified, like you were mentioning before. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. You want to make sure that they are researching and collecting the data and making sure that the carbon that you're purchasing, the carbon reduction that you're purchasing actually happened. We don't want to be double dipping because then you're not actually reducing your carbon at all. You're just paying somebody to say they're doing something that they're not doing. Um, and it doesn't help the world and the carbon in the world at all if it's not verified. So yeah, make sure you're getting a verified carbon reduction or renewable energy credit.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of criticism, criticism now of some companies who pledge they're going to do something, but their incremental first uh, steps are more sound like public uh, relations, and it's called greenwashing, you know, trying to look green, but not necessarily being green. The certification is great. And my understanding for electricity, Green E Energy Certified is kind of the logo you want to look for.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the one I've seen too, Green E Energy Certified.
1: And I think yeah. there's an equivalent standard for carbon offsets. I've, I've, I'm aware of a verified carbon standard in quotes, that's the uh, the name of, of one of the methods for uh, having them uh, the accounting be correct. And what happens with at least with the green energy is the certificates are actually a certificate with a serial number, so it makes it very traceable. It's not it doesn't get reused.
0: Oh, there you go. Okay, so you've got an actual number. That's really nice that it's traceable.
1: Correct. It's kind of cute uh, on the website for uh, uh, Arcadia they actually will tell you where the certificate comes from that you're using for the coming month. So mine is a wind farm in Texas this month.
0: Oh, nice. That's so cool to be able to know where your energy is coming from. That's really cool. <laughs> oh, OK. This has been really interesting to hear your your hacks and how you're you're hacking you're the carbon of your home. So wrapping up here, if somebody wants to make their home net zero, what are the first two steps that you would recommend them do?
1: Well, as I mentioned, the EPA calculator really helped me focus in on what's going to have the big impact. So that helped me plan. And part of that is a planning tool. And so then the second part of it is, of course, use the planning tool to both plan and then execute your, your transition.
0: Yeah. Short and sweet. I love that.
1: It's easy. You it's know, easy. once someone commits to doing this, I estimated it took me maybe 15 or 20 minutes to get it done once I knew what to do. The key thing was it took, you know, hours and hours of research over two years to figure this out.
0: Right. You've definitely inspired me to look into this because I'm in an apartment right now. So I feel like my energy bills would be pretty cheap to offset if I wanted to do that. And even if I went through Arcadia, five dollars a month is definitely something I can afford. (laughs) I think that would be worth it. So. Thank you so much. This has been really interesting, and you've inspired me. I hope you've inspired other people to look into this a little bit, even if they're not in Wisconsin, if you can find a program that does this. Like we keep mentioning, renewable energy is becoming cheaper. It's becoming more ubiquitous. So I'm sure there's a program in your state that offers something like this, even if it's just through the utility, sometimes direct utilities. Like you were saying, We Energies has a program that you can buy offsets or community solar through them. So there's always ways to get renewable energy, even if you can't install.
1: Yep. Their program is energy for tomorrow. And if you went to that directly rather than the 60 bucks for me, it would have cost uh, more than 250.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's not too bad. Awesome. Well, we will, I will for sure share the link to the EPA, both the greenhouse gas calculator and the carbon footprint calculator. I can share all of the Arcadia resources that you shared and everything else that we have on here. So do you have anything, any other final thoughts?
1: Oh, just thank you for giving me an opportunity to get the message out, uh, Laura.
0: Yeah, no problem, Steve. Thanks for joining me. Make sure to check out GreenCast on Facebook, where we post the most up-to-date information, release episodes, provide a lot more resources about things you heard on the show, and have conversations about episodes and sustainability in Waukesha, Wisconsin, and beyond. Also, if you're interested in the Waukesha County Green Team, please check out our website and Facebook page and come to one of our board meetings. They're always open to the public. GreenCast is produced through the Waukesha County Green Team by Alec Lapoydovin and Laura Locks, with help from Stacey Balsley. Our theme music is by Dan Krill and Emma Koppel. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, sustainability starts with all of us.